how to stay positive in a negative season. I've got uh, about five principles I want to share with you. This is not a very long message, uh, but I believe it will uplift you very much. Remember, Bahe, so there is nothing new under the sun. Your amen was not very nice there. Let me try that again. There is nothing new under the sun. Right? There's nothing new under the sun. I'm telling you, whatever it is we're experiencing now has been experienced in the past. And 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 Honanong, even if this COVID thing is it's it's kind of baffling our scientists, but uh, medical advancement is better now than it was years before. I mean, think about it, Pasarana. Back then, people were dying out of uh, conditions that we're not dying of today, and they struggled with the things we're struggling with. And uh, but but they've come through it. In the same way, God's going to bring us through this one in the name of Jesus. But we've got to remember there's nothing new under the sun. Number two, let's remind ourselves we are not forsaken by God. These are just reminders. It's not the sermon yet. I'm just trying to remind some of you who are looking gloomy out there. God has not forgotten about you. God is aware that you are here. God is aware that you're alive. Can I hear a good amen? And so... What are these five things that I believe we need to do? The first thing we must make sure we do in times of negativity is to locate yourself in an uplifting environment. Okay. Locate yourself. And this is where for, 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 for us, for some of us, we really, really want to make a case how it's important for people to get spiritual input and be in church because it's a positive environment. Are you understanding, Bazarana? Locate yourself in a positive environment. I'm going to show you how Jesus was able to do with the matter of environment. You know, sometimes we want good results. Mara, we never consider that if you are in a, in a negative environment that chokes everything, all your efforts can totally be neutralized by a negative environment. You know, you know very well when you want to have good plants that grow well. If you go buy the seedlings, they'll tell you uh, at the nursery that you see this particular plant, this is the environment it needs. It needs so much sun, you go to water it so many times a day, it's this kind of fertilizer that you must give it. And if you do that, the plant will grow on its own. So in other words, you don't have to worry. You don't even have to pray for the plant. Are you, are you, understand? you don't have to fast. You don't have to do anything. All you must do is just give the plant the right environment. God has hardwired that plant to respond to the environment. And if you give it the right environment, the plant on its own will be sustained. The same way as you as a human being. There's an environment that if you locate yourself in that environment, it doesn't matter what comes your way. You will make it through in the name of Jesus. Amen. So when you read the way Jesus ministered to the sick, most people don't see it. How about the Bible? I'll show you something that you may not have seen before. You've read it, but it never struck you like that. Jesus was very uh, meticulous about the environment. All right, He was very very specific 
and very intentional. He knew that certain things can be done in the, when a certain environment is prevalent. Are you there, Bazalam? Okay, let's go together then to the book of Mark, chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. I won't read the whole story. I'll just narrate it because it's a very long story. This is the story of a man by the name of Jairus. All right? He's a ruler of the synagogue. He's got a crisis. His child is sick at home. So sick that in the words of Jairus, she's at the point of death. What does Jairus do? He comes to Jesus. He puts his request. Master, my daughter is sick. Right? He says to Jesus, come and lay your hand on her and she shall live. Now, like I said last week, you must always, when you read the Bible, Vazalan, try to read it and go through everything. There's a reason why certain things are phrased the way they are phrased. Don't just run through it. There are things that are articulated in a specific way. It says, come lay your hand on her and she shall live. You, you know the story, right? Whilst Jesus is on his way to this guy's house, because that's the way God is, if you give a request, God immediately responds to you. That's just the way our God is, right? God is on the way to the house of Jairus. What happens? Jesus gets intercepted by the woman with the issue of blood. You know the story, right? So, you know, this woman touches the hem of his garment. Jesus engages in a, in a conversation with her to receive a testimony. The Bible says, whilst Jesus was speaking to the woman, people come from the house of Jairus to give him this news. Do not trouble the master anymore. Your daughter is dead. That, that's what they tell him. Don't trouble the master anymore. Your daughter is dead. Now, verse 36, which is what I want us to read. Verse, Mark chapter 5, verse 36. As soon as, somebody say as soon as. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. And as soon as, say as soon as. So, Mamelang, as soon as Jesus heard the word spoken, as soon as he had it spoken, what does he do? He said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. What is Jesus doing? Jesus is counteracting the negativity. He is coming against the negativity. He understands if, if he lets those words linger, in the mind and the heart of Jairus, even if for a while there was a miracle that was under construction, that negativity will literally stop what God was about to do. Most people haven't understood. You can have God start doing something and you can cancel everything by allowing a negative environment to come your way. And Jesus immediately, he says immediately, as soon as he had, as soon as he didn't wait, as soon as he had, he came against you know what I'm saying. As soon as he says, fear not, only believe. And then the next thing he does, what does he do? The next thing he does, the next thing he does, he chases everybody away. Because if you have a lot of people who are carrying a negative spirit, they will choke your faith. I'm telling you. I'm telling you the truth. See, you've got to watch the crowd that you hang around with. Come on now, you've got to watch the people that you tell the issues to. Some people that are not safe people to tell them your crisis because instead of them lifting you up, they will agree that things are getting worse in your life and they will dig a bigger hole for you. Yeah, yeah. As soon as Jesus said, he turns to Jesus, 
Emuna. Fear not, only believe. And then he turns to the Christ and says, Remain here. He just takes three of his disciples, Peter, James, and John. When he gets to the home of Jairus, he finds people there crying. Those days they used to hire professional mourners. It's true. Yeah, they used to hire professional mourners. So he finds people full in the house, professional mourners who are hired. What does Jesus do? He chases them out of the house. Probably live Malume thing. Can you imagine you come to somebody's house with Malume? Tswa, uncle, tswa, neighbor, tswa, professional mona, tswa. He chases them out of the house and remains with the father and the mother of the child only. And only his disciples. Why? Because if you have a lot of unbelief around you. And, and let's be honest, Basalan. We are surrounded by a lot of negativity. I'm not saying we shouldn't be told the truth. It's true. What's happening is true. What we're hearing is true. Mara. It means you have to be very intentional about surrounding yourself with a different environment. That's why I make a case for the church. We've got to meet in the church. We've got to pray together in the church. We've got to listen to the word in the church so that we can have an environment where else do we get an environment that lifts us up? Because everywhere you turn, you look at the news, you look at television, you look at social media, you look at what's going on around, everything around. Jesus had to make sure he deals with the environment. If you don't deal with your environment, I'm telling you, you'll choke. You'll choke. Let me give you a second example. This one is an amazing example. In Mark chapter 6, Jesus goes to his own hometown to preach there, right? As he comes to preach there, let me start with verse 1. It says he, he went out there and came to his own country. It's his own hometown. And his disciples followed him. When the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And Basalan, can I have your attention? You know, one of the things you note in the Bible, the sequence in which Jesus used to minister healing, he would... Teach, preach, and heal. Teach, preach, and heal. Teach, preach, and heal. Why? Because the teaching and the preaching creates the faith to receive the healing. Are, are, you, are you understanding what I'm saying? Are you understanding what I'm saying? Now, I want to show you something here. Probably you've read it, but you didn't see it. So he's preaching in his own hometown. Many hearing him, they were astonished. They said, where does this man get these great things? What wisdom is this that's given to him? And such mighty works are performed by his hands. Now note, verse 3, they change the tone. Is not this the carpenter? You see the tone now? The son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. Verse 4, Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Verse 5, note, And he could there do no mighty works except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. One translation says he laid his hands on a few people and healed some minor diseases. How does it move from mighty works to minor diseases? The environment. What's the environment? All of a sudden, we know him. We know him. His brother He comes from that house. His father is a carpenter. He's not a rich guy. Who does it? How can he do that? All of a sudden, 
their faith level in what is doing drops. And Jesus says, how about you? Could a prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown. And then, he, and then immediately that negative environment chokes the mighty power of God. And from then, he couldn't do any miracles. Any great miracles. Just few sick diseases. But what does Jesus do in response? Read the next verse. The next verse says, he could do no mighty works there except that he laid hands on a few people. And he marveled at their unbelief because of their unbelief. But note, then he went about the villages teaching. Why does he go about the villages? Because he wants to neutralize Ngozi. Ngozi, when people are saying he's just a carpenter, he doesn't have anything. What does Jesus do? He goes around, he starts teaching to get the faith level of the people up. Most people have never understood why environment matters. What you hear affects you. What you hear determines what you believe. If you put yourself in an environment where you are told God doesn't heal, God doesn't love you, God's not going to protect you, if that's what you keep saying, it's what you keep hearing, even if we've prayed for you, even if the power of God has come upon you, if, if that's what you're hearing, if that's what you're saying, the environment... We neutralize it. So I make a case for the church again. Got to have people in the church. They've got to hear the word of God. And God help us preachers that we preach the word of God. Why? Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It is the word of God that when you hear somehow that environment, it's something People think it's just emotions. It's not emotions. It's an uplifting power of the Spirit of God. It depends what you hear. It depends what you hear. When I heard as a, as a 17-year-old boy, after I got born again, 1978, I read in the Bible, and I read the scriptures that if you have faith as a master, says you'll, you'll ask anything, God will give it to you. I used to have a problem with migraine headaches. My goodness, I struggled with headaches as a, as a, as a child. I had, oh, and I remember I prayed. I prayed, Bazalan. I just read the Bible. It was not in church. I prayed. There was no fundisi. There was no church. There was no tunda. There was no lightning, nothing. I just prayed. And I can tell you, since that time, God healed me of my migraine headaches. Now, I'm not saying I haven't had a headache since. I've had it a couple of times, sometimes because of my own, you know, carelessness. But I was healed of my migraine headaches. As a young man, what I heard was, you see, what I heard, see, I could have been healed earlier. The difference was what I heard. The difference was the environment. What environment are you placing yourself in? I'm not talking about denial. I'm not saying we're not, we not saying things are not, the, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm just saying God is greater than the problem. When Jairus came, he didn't say my daughter is not sick. He says, no, my daughter is sick, Mara. You come and lay your hand on her and she will live. Hallelujah. Can I hear an amen? amen? Surround yourself, Barcelona, with what I want to call life-giving connections. Certain connections are not life-giving. Certain connections, it's how punches. How do I rappel about that? How do I get that? How do I say? You know, there are people who are just not positive. How do I say? 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 Go to the before Ukalanji. 
Tell your neighbors, Number two, remember that you are a spirit being. Now, this is important. Our greatest, I don't know how to say this. Our greatest challenge is the fact that we live in a human body. And the human body cannot be the measuring stick of how God works. Using feelings and our five senses to determine whether God is at work is the worst thing you can ever do. So you need to remember, though we live in the body, Faith is not a thing confined to the body. We don't believe with the body. We believe with the heart. We don't even believe with the mind. We believe with the heart. And I found oftentimes it is the outward man who sometimes shouts at you that God hasn't heard you. Things are not going to work. It's the thoughts out here. So, here's the point, Bazalan. Remember, you are a spirit being. Now, here's the second part of that. Second part is this. The condition of your spirit to a large extent will help you stave off negative situations. You will stay afloat when you should drown. Because you're, the condition of your spirit... See, see discouragement... It's something of the spirit. When people lose hope, it's something that gets drained from their spirit. When, when people become overwhelmed, something leaves their spirit. So if you, can, if you can take care of your spirit, you know, Proverbs 4, my most, I love this verse. You know, when it says, do everything to keep your heart pure. For out of it, keep your heart pure. For out of it are the issues of life. When you read that verse, that verse is really explaining that your heart is what sustains your life. Not this one, but your spiritual heart. Your spiritual condition. Even if I'm a physical being, we live in a body. Mara, the state of my spirit is very important. Matthew chapter 4 verse 4. Jesus replied and said to them, he was speaking to the devil at the time of temptation, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The Amplified reads, it has been written, men shall not live by, be upheld, be sustained by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Why is Jesus saying that? Because God's word is food for your spirit. And he says, if man is to live, according to God, Living is not confined to just eating physical food only. But your spirit, as much as your body needs nourishment, your spirit needs nourishment. Tell your neighbor, your spirit needs nourishment, neighbor. Tell them again, your spirit needs nourishment, neighbor. This is why the Bible tells us that the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. Why? Because your spirit being will sustain you. 
So when you feed your spirit on the word of God, Jesus says, man shall not live just by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So, Bazalan, your daily devotions, daily reading God's word, daily listening to the word of God, daily hearing the word of God, goes a long way. One of the things I've never understood, you see somebody who is not well, the first thing they do, go watch our TV. Yeah, I'll money, I can and the TV is not a soap opera where people are not saying things that are positive. I will never forget one day. I'm, I'm on this flight with this guy. I was, I was traveling, you know, cross, uh, cross Atlantic, you know, transatlantic. So this guy is watching a DVD on his iPad. Yeah, an aeroplane crash. And I'm thinking... Mara, serious, I can't, I, how can he do this? We are on a plane, flying across the ocean. He's watching a movie. I said, Mara, but serious. But you see, this is what happens. People are not well, but instead of feeding on God's word, they're feeding on all kinds of negative things. They think that you're praying will like a magic wand, ward off all of that. No, it's not going to. It's not going to. Your spirit will sustain you. Feed your spirit on the word of God. Are you, are you there, Basara? And the one good thing about the medicine of, the God's, of God's word, you can't overdose on it. You see, with medication, three times a day, don't do, overdo it. This one, this one doesn't have contraindications, doc. You can take as much as you want, as often as you want. You can overdose on it, rather overdose on the word of God. Are you there, Bazalan? Because there's something about the word in your heart that changes your expectation. If you go to the book of Acts chapter 14, I haven't put it down. Maybe you can read it. Paul is in a certain place. I think it was in Lystra. He's preaching there. As he's preaching, there's a guy in the audience who hasn't walked since his mother's womb. Couldn't walk at all. The Bible says, as Paul preached, Ere. And Paul saw that the man had faith to be healed. There was something about God's word that did something in the heart of this guy. That it elevated his level. Even if you can't believe for something right now. Remember, faith comes. Faith comes by hearing. So this guy, as the more he listened, the more his faith got built up. Take care of your spirit. Fill your spirit with the word. Take time to read the word. Hear the word. Listen to preaching. Listen to sermons. And listen to something that's going to uplift your spirit. Don't do what this guy did on the airline looking at the plane crashing. You don't need that. You've got to listen to something that talks about life and, and power and, and success and God raising people. God miraculous power. It's, it's got to be like that. Because when you hear that, it changes your expectation. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Number three. Remember, I'm talking about Bazalana. Staying positive in a negative season. Remember that the battle is protracted. When we started, 14 days, 
You remember? When we started, we said 14 days. Then we said 21 days. Then we said three months. Then we said... Then there is a no, first wave. Then second wave. Then third wave. Then Delta variant. In the other one. Now get Delta. We pray to God doesn't come. But it's almost like I fell into it. But in Jesus' name, we know we're going to come out of it. Mara, listen, position yourself to say, I'm going to fight till the end in Jesus' name. Yeah. Yeah. Take that posture. Take the posture. It's not a hundred meter sprint. It's a marathon. Position yourself. Just make sure I'll be the last man and I'll be the last woman standing here. I'll be here in Jesus' name. Oh, come on. Can I hear an amen from somebody here? Look at Ephesians. Look at Ephesians. When Paul teaches about the armor. Listen what he says. He says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Why, Paul? So that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Why am I taking the armor? I'm taking the armor so that in the evil day, I should be able to withstand. That when the evil day comes, I should be able to stand. But I fell more. I fell on the evil day. He says, and, and having done all to stand. Stand. One translation says, and having fought to a stand still. What does it mean? It means I'm aware the evil day is coming, but I'm also telling the evil day that evil day, if you last one week, if you last two months, if you last one year, I will still be there. And I will be able to stand and I will fight and having fought, I will stand and having done everything. I like the way when he says having done all. Everything at my disposal. I have done all. Everything and through it. And after all that, and I'm going to be the last man standing. And thank God we don't stand on our own power. We stand in the power of the Lord. Somebody shout hallelujah in the house. I said hallelujah in the house. He says, put on the whole armor of God and having f- come to fought to a standstill. The Amplified Erie, wherefore, put on God's complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day. And then it says, and having done all the crisis demands. Having done all the crisis demands. God, you are able to adjust your level of warfare in the midst of the warfare. Yeah. I, I just love it, you know, when you, when you watch soccer. I just love a, a, a club, when it's not doing well, they're able to adjust their level of play in the middle of the game. 
Even if Abayoko have time, even if the coach doesn't necessarily say anything, but they just find a different way of, of making sure they win. They find a different way of playing. They just up their level in the middle of the game. Paul says, up your level in the middle of the game. This battle is there. It is there. And you'll be one of those who will be there and be the last one standing. Having done all that the crisis demands, to stand firmly in your place. Listen what the Holy Spirit says in the book of Revelations when Jesus speaks to the church. He says, and hold fast what you have till I come. Bambelela. Yeah? Bambelela. Some people would never say, you know, Sisul wasn't their first language. But Bambela. Look at your neighbor and say, Babambela. <laughs> Bambelela. <laughs> yeah. Hold fast till I come. Now, note verse 26 and says, And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end. To him, I will give him power over the nations. We're going to hold on till the end, Razalan. We're going to hold on till the end. You've got to be like a bulldog. Lock your jaws and refuse to let go. I saw a documentary not long ago of a... It wasn't a nice one, but it was a lion in the Kruger that was killed by a buffalo. And I think it was young, this lion. It, it didn't know how to attack a buffalo. The, when you attack the buffalo, there's a, there's a certain place. You don't stand on a certain side of your buffalo because if you do that, you're in trouble. But the, the clip only starts when you see this lion. It's gotten hold of the buffalo, you know? And you see the buffalo in Seyenza, you know, the horns like that, and this lion is... It's just flopping in there, but it's holding on. And it took long. I think it's five minutes long. It's like after five minutes, you see the lion slowly weakening and finally falling down. And then the buffalo retreating and going back to the lion. And the lion, it's, it's, it's fatally wounded. But then as the buffalo comes closer, the lion takes another leap for the last time, but didn't have anything. It was gone. And I thought, yeah, ne? talk about the heart of a lion. Even if you are dead, you still attack. Talk about the heart of a lion. Talk about the heart of a lion. I don't know about you, but that's the kind of attitude I want to have in life. Hold on. Till the end. Don't give up. Don't give up. Why? That's the attitude we need in this time of negativity. And God will help you. And every one of you watching from home, know that God will help you. Wherever you are, God will help you. I want to pray for you now that Jesus will come into your life and be the Lord of your life. And I want to pray for you as a family that whatever it is that you have gone through, Yes, we do cry. 
We do feel pain. Yes, we are human. We are raw on the inside. But we don't throw in the towel. There's something about us because of God helping us that even in times of negativity, we believe that God will see us through. If you want to receive Christ as Savior and Lord, right where you are, I want to pray for you to invite Christ into your life to be the Savior and the Lord of your life. Just follow me in this prayer. Everybody join in this prayer. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you just as I am. I invite Jesus Christ to come into my heart to be the Savior and the Lord of my life. Thank you for hearing my prayer and for coming into my heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please do call the number on the screen. There are people there who want to talk to you. As we close, let me pray for you as a family. Father, I pray for your children, wherever they are. In this season, you haven't forgotten us. Let the power of your spirit raise them up. Strengthen them. Heal them. Let your word sustain them. Let your spirit carry them. You are the God who knows everything about our lives. Reach out to your children, I pray. In Jesus' name. God bless you all. Remember, you are not forgotten. God knows about you. God loves you dearly. This too will pass. Hold on to God's word. God bless you. Let's meet again next week. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah.